Welcome back to Winning the Battle for Talent, the podcast where our customer service experts discuss people management, reducing attrition, and helping employees thrive. Let's join the conversation. Welcome to J.D. Power's Winning the Battle for Talent podcast. I'm Michael Vermillion with J.D. Power, and with me today are Mark Miller from J.D. Power and Ami Lebendiker, uh, who's the co-founder and CEO of Roga. Mark and Ami, uh, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Mike. Great to be here. Appreciate it. Hello, Mike. Thank you for having us. Hey, so, so topic for today is anxiety in the workplace. And we're going to drill down in a couple of different ways uh, on this particular topic. There's a, there's a lot to it. And so we'll just kind of take it one step at a time. So Ami, why don't we just start with kind of a high level perspective on um, anxiety and, and how that actually impacts performance in, in the workplace? Why, why, why is this an issue? Yeah, thank you. That's a great question, Michael. And it, it's it's something that it has affected me also personally, but I, I'm sure that a lot of people can resonate with this. And in the U.S. anxiety has become a huge problem, uh, especially after after COVID and the pandemic, and then throughout the economic situation. Um, right now, if you look at the overall statistics, uh, people under under 40 years old, 45% of them are dealing with clinical anxiety. So that's that's half of, of everyone you know that it's under 40 that has some sort of issues. And then when you look at the workplace that is exacerbated, so 76% of workers are experiencing anxiety on the job. Um, and, and this has been affecting specifically the younger population. So millennials and Gen Z, 72% of them left their job last year because of mental health reasons. So, so the problem is affecting pretty much every single household in America. And this is something that uh, has also affected me in my personal life and, and, and a lot of people around me. And, and, and the reason for it, for it being such a critical state currently. Uh, Mark, you know, what's your perspective on this? I, given kind of the size of uh, the issue, um, and uh, we we know that uh, anxiety is, is something that a lot of our clients are are dealing with uh, with their workforce. Uh, how is this kind of reflecting in performance in in terms of the uh, customer experience? Yeah, so you know as. We've known for years there's this uh, significant correlation between employee experience and customer experience, and you know the old adage of you know happy employees uh, serve and create happy customers, and this notion of anxiety, as Ami has mentioned, has really percolated, frankly, to the top of many organizations um, at different performance levels. We've even seen degradation in performance at top performance, but not nearly at the same level that we've seen in medium performers and low performers. Um, and this has resulted, this notion of anxiety, there's lots of reasons, macro reasons uh, for it, as Ami alluded to. Um, what we've seen in our research and from talking to leaders is that there, especially in, in these new work-at-home environment, there has been this radical shift of pressure and responsibility to the frontline supervisors who um, we as 
you know, leaders and service leaders um, across industries haven't been as good as we could be around recognizing that massive shift in responsibility and um, to the frontline leaders where before we're used to all this, like if you take a contact center as an example, you're used to a whole wide array of support mechanisms in place and available for employees that now from a practical standpoint, really aren't there anymore. That's put enormous pressure on the frontline supervisors who's now wearing all these different hats. And of course, the number one reason for attrition inside contact centers uh, isn't pay, it is supervisors. They're immediate supervisors. And so you start thinking about this domino effect um, of one supervisor affecting 15 to 20 folks. They're suffering from anxiety in general at a macro level that Ami's uh, related to us about. And then operational pressures are being put on them, which further exasperates that and does not allow what is required, which we can get into later, uh, to relieve anxiety because bandwidth is literally being pulled out at the executional level because we corporately haven't made very, very specific systemic and responsibility adjustments um, as a contributing causal factor to high anxiety. So there's a, you know, there's a lot there, but at the end of the day, we're seeing that um, this is really a a cancer on society. And if we don't take intentional steps uh, to deal with it, which, you know, we're going to touch on that some today, um, it's nothing that's just going to naturally go away. So we're way beyond that, and um, we've seen it affect performance on many levels. Yeah, thanks, Mark. So, Ami, um, how, do, how do leaders uh, at organizations know if this is an issue inside their own shop? Uh, is there a way to, to measure this somehow? Yeah, so there there's definitely multiple ways that especially HR teams have, have, have used um, to measure this. Um, a, a lot has been done through questionnaires and, and performance reviews, the, the usual you know, quarterly reviews that big companies do with their employees. Um, and I think a lot of the, uh, the executive leaders have realized how big of a problem this is, not only because they see it in the, in the results of the, of, the, of the questionnaires, but also um, because of how this impacts their their pockets uh every time an employee leaves you, you there's a lot of expenses associated with that so recruiting new new uh new employees onboarding the new folks um and then everything regarding time uh, to put up to speed for for new employees and finding good talent is hard so turnover uh, being being a big worry for for big corporations I think uh, this has been shown multiple times. The, the thing is that there's not a lot of solutions to this currently, and we can touch base um, on that as well. But um, essentially how to, to check if, uh, if somebody is dealing with, with a lot of anxiety. There's a, a clinicians has been doing this for, for, for decades, if not centuries, but um, there is really, really good ways to very specific forms to 
to validate the levels of anxiety uh, that clinicians use, like for example, like a GAT7 test or a Zong anxiety, Hamilton A, those are standard for any clinician to assess levels of anxiety. And those are specifically very simple questionnaires that can tell you what the intensity of of stress and burnout that you're having. And then there's other questions uh, that, that you can ask employees, like what's your intent of leaving the company? What's your burnout rate? Um, how is your relationship with your, with your manager? As Mark was alluding to, there's a lot of toxic middle management uh, in, in a lot of the companies that hasn't really been bubbled up to management. Um, and, 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 you know, anxiety, we know because of its of its nature, it's very contagious. Uh, if if one person is dealing with a lot of stress, it's very easy to delegate anxiety and stress to your workers. So if if somebody at the top is dealing with with stress, that can be easily delegated to everyone else in the company. So finding those middle points is crucial. And the only way to do this, uh, Michael, is through monitoring on quarterly and monthly basis to, to check on your employees, how are they doing, asking them, uh, you know, at, at, at Roga and, and even before when I was at Google, we used to do a lot of retreats with the team and, and tackle the specific issues to see how people were dealing uh, with with the burnout rates and stress. And and, and the, the whole point of this is to cut it when it's small and not allowing it to grow and infect everyone else in the company, which... Um, unfortunately, is the situate the common situation amongst most of the big corporations in the U.S. Uh, thanks, Sami. So, so you started Roga um, to develop a a solution that um, people can use to to deal with anxiety. Can you tell us a little bit about um, about the actual uh, product itself? Yeah, sure. So Roga, uh, which in Hebrew means calm, coincidentally, um, we. St- I started the company with my co-founder, Alison, who's a PhD in neuroscience, um, because we were dealing with the same issues that everyone else was dealing in in, Ameri- in corporate America, and we were not really getting the support we needed. So we created Roga in order to, to help ourselves. And essentially what we've built is a, is a treatment for, for stress and burnout that you can use at home. Uh, that is very effective to treat the symptoms of stress and burnout and also um, content for for this specific issue. So we have a platform that not only provides you with guidance, educational content and psychoeducation uh, with therapists that can help you throughout different types of, of, of or intensity levels uh, of, of your burnout and stress, but also we've developed a wearable that can effectively reduce the symptoms and, and um, bring you into a relaxation state quickly. So it's a really cool state-of-the-art neurotechnology wearable that you put behind. I'm wearing it right now, and it really helps me, especially on, on meetings and, and preparing for important um, meetings and calls like this one. And you can use it while uh, you're in, at work. You can use it at home. Uh, or on the go, it's very, very f- easy to and portable. And uh, we made it affordable so that everyone um, can try it on and, and employees can use it in order to help with the symptoms levels. And then we have the content as well to help them guide them through 
sessions and therapy so that uh, we can get to the root cause of, of what's, what the problem is. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, how did you become interested in this area? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it, it really resonated with me when I was, I, I spent a lot of time working at Google um, as, a, as a product manager. And I started working in the hardware team. Uh, I built, uh, if you're familiar with the Google Home or the Chromecast uh, or the Pixel phones, those are, those are products that I help get to the market and launch. And, you know, running multi-billion dollar verticals and, and fighting against, uh, competing against Apple and Amazon and Samsung at the same time is something that I don't wish anyone has to go through because it's extremely hard um, in, in, really really just exhausting on on many levels and even though it was really really cool for me I was just dealing with a lot of stress and burnout uh, this decision making on that level is just really really complicated launching in multiple time zones at some point I was just diagnosed with the with the clinical anxiety disorder I was taking meds I was on therapy for a long time and um, and you know the benefits that you get from 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 most employers are you know really cool, but they're you know small band-aid solutions. They give you time off, they give you money incentives, uh, yoga and fitness. Sometimes they even give you like five or ten sessions with the therapist. But essentially, the employer is listen. The problem is on your side. Here's some sessions with the therapist. Maybe that helps. Uh, here's ten percent discount on Headspace, so you can meditate a little bit. But um, those are there's a banded solution. So I realized something needed to be done. At first, I wanted to help myself, so went into this neurotech space and found really really cool technology that is very very effective, that has been certified on multiple studies and clinical trials, and just made it just needed to be brought to the market in a beautiful form factor, something that everybody can use. Uh, in, in, in an immersive experience. And yeah, we created, that's how pretty much Roga came to life. And uh, I, I don't know if you're on version one or version two, but, but uh, are, mm-hmm. are you seeing any kind of early results from the, uh, from the product? Uh, um, any success stories? Yeah, absolutely. So we've, we, we've done a, a few user tests and, and we've seen incredible results. So it, with, with the wearable uh, and, and pair with it, with the app and the platform, We've seen reduction in anxiety of our cohorts of up to 58% in less than two weeks. And, and, and the retention is very, very high. We've, we've had retention north of 73% after, after months of using the, the product. So people are engaging with the platform and the effectiveness is, is high. We've received testimonials from a lot of the users that are in some way life-changing for them because you know they can stop. A lot of the a lot of the triggers that that usually kick them into into a you know panic attack or a very very stressful situation, and we can keep those under control, uh, as well as offering um, a solution that can not only help them but everyone around them. So so the response has been really really strong. Uh, we've deployed as well in multiple companies that are using our product, um, and we've seen. The biggest thing that we've seen is that there is there is a reduction in in turnaround, so intent of leaving the company, just because of, of how they feel when they work and they understand they, they create purpose, um, they they sorry they mix their purpose with the companies, 
and that's I think the biggest the biggest part that we've seen better collaboration with teammates when anxiety and stress are down everything works much better in the company so we've saved a lot of money for these employers just by reducing the the little levels of stress and burnout that employees are having and finding where in the middle management is the, the toxic um, you know epicenter in in targeting and working with with the employer to becoming a partner with them to help them tackle those those specific people that are that need more help yeah thanks Sami. So, so mark that sounds like there's some overlap with uh, with your practice there in terms of uh, you yeah. know, the ind- individual solution for the employee but also working with the organization to kind of find those drivers of anxiety right yeah I mean it struck me we you know, didn't plan this before the call, but our taxonomy is very similar. We embrace this concept of meaningful work, and that's integrating real, true meaning and purpose into the workplace. There's some structural, uh, tactical things that you can do corporately to create that environment or promote that environment um, more often than what's currently the case. Um, there's also a lot of structural elements around what is valued inside an organization, um, all the way to something as tactical as QA, uh, quality assurance, and coaching, and what organizations now need to emphasize that has to do with meaning. So I think about how we approach this and how we attempt to help organizations make changes to how they think about the employee experience and how to support the employee experience. And if you are to combine that, I think we just invented a a new product set here, combine that with more individual help at the rep level. And as Ami mentioned, you know, there is a lot of toxicity at that mid-level because there's a lot of pressure that's being created in this environment um, that you could get you know, even more impressive results. So, yeah, like the approach of, uh, you know, doing things corporately, strategically, and tactically, as well as really honing in on the individual. So, um, yeah, we it's interesting how we have similar language even in uh, how we think about these problems and what's required to solve them at the root cause level. Because uh, I do agree with Ami on everything that he's saying, but that notation of, uh, hey, we'll give you a discount here, do some meditation, that today is um, things that we typically associate with meaning at work um, versus meaning from work. And I think that's where we have some overlap with Ami trying to reduce that anxiety because we're, we're really trying to help them get meaning from the work. Um, yeah, and it's possible means- to do Sorry. Yeah, there's a very interesting statistic that I that I read recently that in 2021 there were more days offered days off offered to employees and less days taken than in 2020. Meaning that the the, the benefit of like you know giving people more money and giving people more days off when they already working half of the time at home and and they already. Uh, like getting free meals that you know uh, the Facebook would give you or or Google that, that doesn't mean anything anymore or getting your 
your fitness or yoga classes. Those are, are very, very small benefits that um, are not really changing the needle at all, moving the needle at all uh, when it comes to mental health. And, and we've seen throughout the pandemic and now throughout the economic situation that employers need to become better at supporting, uh, especially the younger employees throughout their mental health and, and giving them better solutions. Yeah, totally, totally agree with that. The, the meaning from those elements are, are not moving the needle. And uh, even the wage issue, I mean, we flat out advise clients, you know, get to market. I mean, if you want to be competitive, get to market, but that's not what's going to keep people in those seats. We have to infuse higher levels of meaningfulness, which will reduce anxiety, right? Uh, not thinking of the job as a machine, but really trying to uh, ensure that folks um, think of the job properly and that we integrate the job into the life, not the life into the job. And so um, it's going to be, uh, I, I think there's a lot of potential, like you mentioned before, Ami, is that there's not like a lot of progress being made, even though executives are becoming more aware of it and people are going through the cycle of little tricks or tips or little things that they're attempting to do. But unless we get to the root cause of it, it's going to be really hard to move the performance needle. Um, so I applaud what, mm -hmm. what you guys are doing. Thank you. Yeah, and and we've seen that we're not alone in this in this wave because in the last three years there's been a rise on you know digital health benefit companies like Lyra, Ginger, Ginger acquiring Headspace, Modern Health, Task Human. All of these are unicorns that emerged in in the last couple of years because of this unmet need that employers have that now they're scrambling to figure it out how do we keep our employees uh, happy and and how do we uh, you know keep them inside the company because if you have somebody that is less than 40 years old in your company the likelihood is that that person won't finish the year with you in that company so how do you retain talent and uh, there's been a massive move towards this type of companies to offer talk therapy, to offer uh, educational tools in, in, in a way that can support mental health for, for employees. So uh, yeah, we, we very often find that that attrition rate is at 50% within the first 90 days. Uh, so, you know, w one of the things that has to be addressed is um, you can't look at this just in totality. This has to be you have to be proactive, intentional, and attack th this concept of, of reducing, dealing with anxiety at every part of the employee life cycle, from hiring to onboarding, and even before they get into your building or work from home environment, um, we've got to make some assurances that we're caring about them as people, right? And want to support them as human beings and then back that up with uh, some specific actions. 
So Ami and, and Mark, um, let's wrap this up with just some ideas for the people that are listening to this podcast. Um, what kind of questions can they take back to their organization and say, hey, look, uh, let's stop pretending that these Band-Aid solutions that we have are actually addressing the problem. Uh, number one, how do we get our arms around this in terms of the size of the problem? How widespread is it? Uh, and then um, how do we actually uh, address it? So, I mean, why don't we start with you? What What are some of those conversation starters that people can take back and questions that they can ask? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's critical that everyone, especially the, the listeners uh, of this podcast, but also share with, with friends at work, that, that you ask and you demand from your employer um, that they that they give you this kind of benefits. So it should be a it should be a given right that everybody in the in 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 their job and we do this internally gets access to some sort of of therapy that is covered by by the by the employer and also solutions uh, ours is is one of those something like a wearable that can help you decrease levels of of stress and burnout but also um, access to this kind of content that can serve as education for you so we welcome you to to talk to your employer about uh, and your boss and your manager this is something that is i know from experience is really really hard because the first thing that i thought when when i was in this situation was well i don't want to seem weak i don't want to show my my boss that like i'm dealing with problems because then i'm gonna get fired but it's more likely that you're gonna quit then you're gonna get fired because of this issue already proven by many statistics so um, showing showing vulnerability and talking about this problem is the is is the main start in in demanding that that you get something better than just uh, you know more days off or 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 a performance bonus which uh, what you really want to ask is what's my purpose in this company what uh, do what does my job and my work really help um, to improve other people's lives and other people's quality of life? So it, once you get to those answers, that's when um, the anxiety levels and stress will start coming down. And then, you know, everybody needs a little bit of help. So making sure that, that the company you work for has this type of resources and they offer this type of benefits. Otherwise, uh, you know, it's it's as we've seen it. It's very easy to change jobs and get to, to another company that do offer you this kind of benefits. There's a lot of really good companies out there that do offer and care about their employers and sorry about their employees. So make sure that you demand that from from your boss and and your manager and also for managers to uh, if they want to save not only money but also improve the performance of their employees. Um, to follow put and and contact us contact uh, different solutions for for mental health benefits for your employees you'll see you'll see the benefits not only on the morale and the and the level of engagement of your users but also uh, at the end of the day in the cash flow where where you're not going to be spending uh, tens of thousands of dollars recruiting and onboarding new people Mark, anything to add? What 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 are the what kind of conversation starters should people be taking back to their orgs on this uh, topic? Yeah, a, a few things. One, you know, as the leadership team, is there concurrence that there's an issue 
right? And just being real and, and doing a gut check from different leaders within different groups. And as the ultimate leader, whether you're at the C-level or you're SVP or EVP of a particular operating unit, um, you know, that really starts with you. And part of that is, you know, am I as a leader creating a safe place, as Ami mentioned, for people to have this conversation? Because all the stats and just people looking around their own family, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that this is a real issue. And so are we as leaders creating an environment where openness and acknowledgement of this is acceptable? Um, and then, you know, as, as Ami mentioned, he, he's got an organization and a company with uh, others that offer solutions. We offer solutions in slightly different ways. But I think the first step is to get your arms wrapped around the current baseline. And it takes intentionality and you have to measure it. So, you know, Ami's mentioned a few of these standardized tests uh, or surveys, uh, research instruments. We also employ that uh, and it's built around this notion of intent to quit and it has, you know, multiple measures. But the point is, is that whether you utilize ours or some other resources, take the time to one, get a baseline, and then don't wait a year, right? Find other listening posts either to um, re-administer the test because that speaks loads uh, to your employees that you do care, um, but find a way to create the cadence, whether it be formal through some of these assessment tools or informal listening tools where the managers are proactively asking about it and encouraging open dialogue so that folks can, you know, raise their hands and we as uh, leaders can take action. Um, ultimately, yes, for the good of these uh, employees who represent our brands, for sure. And as a side benefit, significant amount of dollar savings. I mean, we've seen folks who've been intentional about this getting 25 and 50% reduction in that attrition because they've learned to address the root. And so, um, you know, those would be some of the things. Are, are we taking this seriously? Are we creating safe places and encouraging our leaders to engage our employees on those conversations? And do we have a mechanism to measure this? And if the answer is no to any of those, uh, we'd encourage you to, to rethink that and make it a part of your strategy. Mark and Ami, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much. It was great. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Mark. Yep. Thank you, Ami. And we want to thank our listeners as well, and we'll see you next time.